Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so good to have you here with us on today's show. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We've got so much to discuss with my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter on today's program. Let's jump right into it as we welcome him here into the show. Ryan, it's always fun to catch up with you. Our conversations uh, always spark a lot of engagement amongst the Duke basketball community. So I'm glad to have you back here on the show with me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's kind of becoming that like lull. We're getting close to a lull in the basketball world, but not yet. We have one more deadline to get to, and the roster still has a little ways to go for this team to be where we want it for next year. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. You're telling me it's it's so hard to kind of do in this daily podcast like we've been doing now for over a year with Lockdown Blue Devils. You want to plan out a little bit as we get into the summer to make the schedule a little bit easier for me, but you never know that one day news could break, and here I am with a completely different episode planned or whatever, uh, so we're still kind of in that moment. We're waiting for June 1st to come and go. That's the deadline for Mr. Trevor Keels to make his decision. On this Wednesday, we saw some reports come out from Brendan Marks of The Athletic that we'll get into uh, just momentarily, but uh, I think that's the biggest question everybody has at this portion of the season, right? Is is what's going to happen with Trevor Keels? What decision will he make? Yeah. And right now, I I think yesterday I tweeted it out. There's kind of like four scenarios that Duke has going into this summer. And uh, I mean, I can lay them out right now. It's either Trevor Keels comes back and Duke has their starting five. And I think their roster is unset in my opinion, granted there could be some walk-ons or um, some, some bench players or practice players that, that join the squad later this, this summer. But um, it's either Trevor Keels comes back and the roster's set. Um, Trevor Keels stays in the draft, and then we get a transfer like A.J. Green, who is currently in the draft process, and he withdraws and commits to Duke. Um, and then the two worst-case scenarios are Trevor Keels stays um, and A.J. Green stays in the draft, so we don't get either of them. Or Trevor Keels stays and A.J. Green withdraws but commits to Iowa State where his dad is coaching. So um, there's a few different scenarios that can play out here. I- I'm... I- I don't have any inside information on the AJ Green thing. It was an interesting coincidence, I would say, that um, the day he visited, uh, Joey Baker announced he was transferring. I, I don't know if that was quite a coincidence. It'd be kind of weird to to say that it was, especially after now Joey has to get a waiver approved by the NCAA to actually play right away next season. So that the timing of that was weird. Um, I'm hoping I'm in the crowd that says that. AJ is waiting to see what Keels does. If Keels stays in the draft, he'll commit to Duke. And if Keels comes back, then he'll pull out and go to Iowa State. I don't see, I really don't see a world where AJ Green stays in the draft. I think he can do a lot by improving by going to an Iowa State or Duke who play in power conferences. So um, that's really what we're waiting for, man. It's Trevor Keels. And I'm not getting my hopes up that Keels comes back. I've been on the, the wagon that says he's not coming back for a while now. I don't know exactly what Brandon Mark's report said, but. Um, I think if he gets a promise, and he didn't play any of the five-on-five, so if he gets a promise that he's in the first round by a couple teams at least, I don't see why he'd be pulling out. Yeah, it's uh, look, this is the big decision we're waiting for. Like I said, June 1st, that deadline comes, and I think those four scenarios, you did lay it out perfectly. Like, here are all the options. 
Here are the combinations of two basketball players staying and going uh, to the Duke team and what the roster could look like after that. The Athletic is where Brendan Marks works, of course. He's a friend of the program. He's been on the show very recently. Uh, Watch our show back on YouTube and and leave it a like. We'd appreciate that. and Leave this video a like while you're at it as well. He had a quote in there from multiple NBA evaluators at the Combine, one in particular highlighted by The Athletic, where an NBA evaluator said 100% he should go back. He'll be a G League guy if he doesn't. So a couple of people uh, at the NBA level not in favor necessarily of Trevor Keels uh, going to the NBA draft process. However, the tone of the reporting from Brendan Marks does feel like you're saying and like I've been saying on the show that it, it kind of does seem like his mind might already be made up that he is, in fact, going to commit to this NBA draft process. Yeah, and the, the tough thing for these guys is, first of all, it's a life-changing decision whether you stay or go. But there's no this, kidding. This process, yeah. <laughs> so, this process is so long that if you – declare that you're going to the NBA draft and you're doing workouts and stuff. And you start, you start hearing things that, Oh, um, you should, you should stay in the draft. We're going to pick you at this, at this spot in the first round or something. You start hearing things along the way and then you get to the combine and maybe some things change. Well, then your mind is still has to decipher between what you heard at the beginning of the process and now what you heard at the end of the process. So I think it is very interesting that, that Brennan Marks is, is hearing that some scouts are saying he should definitely go back. He doesn't have, um, what it takes right now to get out of the, just the G League in general. Um, and I think at the beginning of this process, there was still, I think he was getting some feedback that this was the right decision to make by leaving. So um, his head could be stuck on that. And I, I don't blame these guys doing whatever they got to do to what they think is best for their career. I'm never going to say a guy made a bad decision because to him, it was a good decision. It was the right decision for him and his family. So um, personally, I, I think he could move into the lottery by coming back. I don't see why he couldn't. He's, a 6'5", elite, versatile guard who can defend, he can shoot, um, proving that you can do that. He could be a, a 3 and D guy in the NBA, and, and that's really where the NBA is going right now is having guys who can shoot and guys that can defend. And you're seeing that in the playoffs right now with guys uh, on the on the Celtics and the Warriors um, and then the Mavs, obviously, too. But, um, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see where his head lands at. But I do think this he could move into a top-10 pick if he does come back next year. Again, reporting from Brendan Marks, an NBA evaluator on Trevor Keels, 100% he should go back. He'll be a G League guy if he doesn't. And June 1st is the big decision day for Keels to make. I still think that he's going to stick with the NBA draft process, as do you. Uh, We saw Paulo tweet after the fact how great he looked and uh, had crying emojis at how beautiful the combine was that Trevor Keels put on. And he did look more in shape. He did look like that he had cut some weight and that sort of thing. And so that could definitely be a big thing for Trevor. And whether he's playing in the NBA, whether he's playing in the G League, or whether he's playing for Duke next season, I know a lot of Duke basketball fans are still going to have his best interests at heart. You're right. I don't like the idea of of looking back and and critiquing the decisions necessarily because we don't know all of the feedback that was given to these guys, right? All we can see is decisions that were made and whether or not they worked out in a player's favor. You can go back as recently as one season ago. DJ Stewart left Duke after just his freshman season, is not selected, and ends up playing the entire basketball season in the G League. Never got a crack at the NBA. We'll see if he gets that opportunity this next year. And then you see other guys that, hey, I don't know if they're making the right decision. They turn into first-round picks, and they're making tons of money, and it's just 
it's uh it's the world we live in and in this era of duke basketball over the last decade or so we're going to see a lot of those uh one and done decisions being made let's talk a little bit more about it after this first break here in today's edition of locked on blue devils our show today of locked on blue devils is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you could need. Sometimes you walk into the store and the person behind the counter is looking on their computer for parts that your car needs. You could just be doing this by yourself on your own computer, not wasting your time, but by going to Rock Auto to check out all of their options. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On Blue Devils and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car could ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back into this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson hanging out with my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Be sure to give him a follow over there. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the AJ Green dynamic as he comes over to Duke uh, after the official visit. He gets a crystal ball projection in favor of the Duke Blue Devils. And just off the jump, Ryan, in our conversations that we've had, I know that I didn't necessarily think that this would go in Duke's favor with him ending up a Duke Blue Devil, but it really does seem like Duke did their job on that official visit and A.J. Green walked away really impressed. Yeah, I, the the tough thing, and we've seen it in recent years with with guys who Duke are going after with dads on other staffs, with the, the most recent one being Patrick Baldwin Jr. going to Milwaukee where his dad coached. And for a long time, Duke was expected to be the favorite there, and – and then that goes that goes sideways quickly. So this is kind of another one of those situations. And even some of the national media have commented on how it's hard to recruit away from family. And I, I don't see why this is that much different. It, it seems like it went well, but um, I still think it goes back to what I said earlier. I think AJ Green's waiting uh, to see what Keels does. In my opinion, I could be wrong, um, but it's 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 difficult to recruit away from a guy's dad who is a coach at a staff and especially a staff like this isn't Milwaukee. I think that was a, a really good job by Baldwin Jr.'s dad to get him there. And that's a whole nother conversation about about that, his choice of, of school and, and where he's going with his career. But um, this one will be even more difficult, I think, just because Iowa State plays in the Big 12. They were a tournament team last year, I think even a Sweet 16 team, if I remember right. Um, a huge turnaround. They have a great coaching staff, and they're going to be good again this year. So recruiting away from a, uh, from family at a school as good as Iowa State's going to be is, is going to be really tough, and um, it'll be telling to see what Shire can can do if if Keels doesn't come back uh, with, with Green coming in. Because that's the one option that they've got right now is that two-guard spot. We've mentioned that it seems like they do want to add somebody, whether it be Trevor Keels or somebody else, from the transfer portal right now, not as active uh, with other names that are involved. I know at one time there were a couple of other uh, names that Duke was kind of linked to in the transfer portal process. And uh, it's so hard to predict what guys are thinking and, and what options could be out there. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a little late to know of another name all of a sudden entering the transfer portal, right? I mean, do you think it really just comes down to these two guys or is there a world where someone else enters the mix too? 
I would say at a school like Duke, there's always a world where another person enters the mix. I don't know anybody right now. I don't have anybody. I've kind of shied away from continuously looking at the transfers who are still out there because Duke just hasn't been in contact with them publicly, at least that we know of. So um, I would never say there's not a chance we wouldn't go get somebody. But I think as of right now, it's Trevor or it's AJ. It's not both. And people who have been in my Twitter mentions saying, why can't we have both? Well, it's because both of them are going to go want to come back and be starters somewhere at a big school. So both isn't happening. Um, it's one or the other or neither. And if it's neither, this team has some serious, uh, even as a top 15 to 20 team, I would question that if anybody has them in that ranking going into next season, because they start a year three, Jeremy Roach, and the rest would be freshmen. Uh you, and you lose Joy Baker, so it would be Jeremy Roach, probably Jaden Shoot, uh, Jaden Shoot, and then it would be Derek Whitehead, uh, Filipowski, and Derek Lively. I mean, great players. Don't get me wrong, um, but I, I just think you start four freshmen and your two guard, who is I think Jaden Shoot, Shoot is going to be a great college player eventually. I don't know if he has it in him right away, uh, but that's cause for concern for Duke fans if Duke swings and misses on Keels coming back and then AJ Green as well. Uh, so I hope there's still a chance that somebody else would be out there. But as of right now, I don't know a name that we'd be able to go get who would make that big of an impact as Kills or Green going into next season. Yeah, I think not only you mentioned the idea of uh, minutes and, and, and what that looks like, Trevor Keels coming back and going into next season, as you're saying, I think a lot of people are of the opinion if you put more games out there of college basketball tape, that can help your stock more than anything else for a full another season to give – uh, more data on what you could be as a basketball player. He could possibly rise to as high as a lottery pick. And then why would somebody like A.J. Green want to come and use his final year of eligibility to play behind uh, Trevor Keels potentially? Uh, although, don't get me wrong, this is a two-time, not one, but two-time Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. And that's a really good group of five basketball conference that gets things done uh, and finds themselves with several tournament teams each and every season. So, uh, big decisions coming for sure. Uh, in terms of the roster, Caleb Foster is another name that a lot of people keep bringing up, the idea of him possibly reclassifying. But we saw a few days ago that he announced he'll play his final year of high school for Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks, California. So it does not look like a tr Caleb Foster will be coming to Durham a year early. It seems like he's going to be um, staying in high school and then wait one more season to come to Duke. Yeah, and to be completely honest with you, I, I'm not sure Caleb Foster is the answer we want at the two guard or even running the point. Jeremy playing the two guard, uh, he had a, he had a tough uh, that be junior season, um, and then kind of had a rough rougher start to the EYBL. Um, he's starting to play better now at, at the last two events, but I'm not sure he would have been. I mean, I wouldn't complain about it, but I'm not sure. Um, he would be the answer, and he definitely wouldn't be on the same level as Trevor Keels or A.J. Green coming in next year. Keels with the experience already, and obviously A.J. Green with the two-time MVC player of the year. You're not going to get that caliber in a in an 18-year-old um, coming to college for the first time who struggled in his senior or his junior year of high school. So um, I think that's kind of put a kibosh on it. There was talk of Tyrese Proctor possibly when he first committed, but he's already kiboshed those rumors that he's going to be waiting until um, next season – uh, the following season to play. So, yeah, at this point, man, our eggs are in the two baskets of green and keels. And I, I was just reading that quote um, from The Athletic that said uh, he they the, the executives or scouts just wish <clears throat> that he could do a duplication of the Kentucky game where he scored 25 and shot 10 of 18 
um, against Kentucky in the Champions Classic, but he only only scored 20 points two times in the 34 games he played um, after that game and obviously had a little bit of an injury, but the scouts want him to be able to prove that he can do that consistently and not just a one-off performance. So, um, I and our, our favorite can. stat that we were chatting or charting all season long, and, and, oh, and you yeah. gave it some love, is when he had the 13 points, Duke had not lost a game all season long until the Final Four game. Funny enough, that was the first time that he scored at least 13. It's like if 13 is the number, yeah, you probably could improve that a little bit more. So from that scout's perspective that you just laid out, I think that's big. Also, uh, folks out there probably getting a little excited. We just reached Locked On Blue Devils bingo because Kabosh was just said for the first time ever on the podcast, and you just said it twice, buddy. <laughs> just give me a hard time. <laughs> I can help scratch that one off. Yeah, no, let's uh, let's take one more break, and I want to talk about a fun project that you had on Twitter on the other side of this here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by Bet Online, continuing to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Final segment here today of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson hanging out with my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Uh, give one plug for your Twitter account, Ryan. Why should people follow you and what can they expect? Yeah, man, uh, at the Duke Nation. Uh, I will say during the summer months, it's a little bit quieter, just like all college basketball accounts or anybody talking basketball in that in that uh realm but uh i'm like 60 followers away from 30k we'll be doing a giveaway um i don't have i can't say just yet what it'll be but it'll be something fun with a partner that everybody who knows my account should be familiar with so doing a little 30k giveaway here um but yeah man once nba draft comes around uh it'll be cool to see where these guys end up and then it's guys getting on campus i think in july or august to start workouts and, and practicing i can't i can never remember the dates but i'm pretty sure it's beginning or middle yeah. of july guys show up on campus start seeing videos getting excited august rolls around um and then and then we're only a couple months away from season starting and um actually getting to play basketball games so summer love summertime gives a little break from the grind of keeping up on all this news all the time but um, come next season, man, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Whether, whether or not these guys, whether or not Kills comes back, we're going to have a, a decent squad and a fun, exciting squad um, at that. No kidding, I'm I'm fired up. I'm excited to see what this basketball team looks like going into next season. Uh, do want to give one quick shout out as well uh, to the head coach for Duke men's basketball, John Shire, trying to put together his first play, his first roster this season, and he posted uh, that uh, at the end of last week and over the weekend. He and his wife welcomed in their third child into the world, gave birth to a very healthy baby boy, James Russell Shire. So uh, the Shire family continuing to grow in more ways than one, and now he is walking into uh, his first season as the Duke men's basketball coach. Exciting moment and uh, time in his life. That's awesome. All right, so on Twitter, at the Duke Nation, uh, last week you put out this, or two weeks ago at this point, you found this idea trending from a couple of other schools and being the Duke guy, of course, you execute and uh, throw it out there where you said pick a former Blue Devil for each. Get a bucket, 
get a defensive stop, make a three, get a rebound, make two free throws, and go for 30 points in a game. You've got to pick a player for each one. Fun idea, fun project. Were you pleased with the the, the comments that you got back on it? Dude, it was that was phenomenal, actually. It was a lot of fun to see people's choices. Um, and then I did another one that had to do with, like, a week later, I did another one around um, favorite player of all time, greatest player of all time, best defender. I went through a bunch of those, and the engagement was was outstanding. That was really cool. Very, very differing opinions across different generations of Duke fans. You could definitely tell the difference between the guys who started watching in the 80s and 90s to the guys, or to the kids who started watching in the Zion Williamson era or just before that. So a um, lot of people, and, and, and I do I do appreciate the fact when Duke fans can come out and admit when uh, they are recent fans. Like there were some guys who were like, yeah, I didn't I didn't see even J.J. Redick or Nolan Smith or John Shire play. I only know the, the 2015 team and, and beyond. So um, I, I appreciate when people can admit that. Um, I, I'm not going to – I was born in 92, um, so I was after the – the start of the coach K era. Um, but man, there are some, some good ones. Uh, and then I think I did after that, just kind of a trolling one. I did give me all of those answers except for the wrong answers. So I <laughs> asked for, um, get a bucket. And a lot of people were saying like Josh Harrison or, <laughs> or like Chase Jeter and stuff like that. That was kind of funny. Um, and I, I, I plan on doing a few more of these throughout the summer. It's good to keep Duke fans engaged and, um, and, uh, interacting with one another, uh, but yeah, did, did you? I don't know if I saw you fill one out. Do you have? I hadn't yet. I hadn't yet. And that's, I, okay. I wanted to kind of be able to do this verbally and make for good podcasting. So that's kind of why I brought you on and didn't do anything until uh, I put this out on the interwebs. But um, I wanted to ask you when looking at these, again, these prompts get a bucket, get a defensive stop, make a three pointer, get a rebound, make two free throws, go for 30 points in a game. What was the most difficult of those? Uh, for you to make your mind up on? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, probably between uh, defensive stop and rebound were probably the tough ones for me, um, strictly because um, getting a rebound, there's just so many people, there's so many guys that we've had in the past who, um, like you could go as recently as Mark Williams, who's just a 7-2 freak, who maybe didn't put up the the numbers, but then there's also guys like, like Zion Williamson, Sheldon Williams, who is all-time leader. You have guys that go back into the 90s. Um, I think that one was tough. And then the defensive stop, we have guys like Battier, Trey Jones. Um, I mean, even even guys uh, recently uh, – I just said Trey Jones. Yeah, so Trey Jones, Shane Battier. Um, I'm trying to find some other ones that people were naming because off the top of my head I can't think of any um, – yeah, I mean, and, and the, the era is so important, too, that I, I keep thinking about in my mind uh, that you didn't specify. It was just pick a former Blue Devil. And in a lot of ways, you could have helped people out by saying 21st century and beyond or 2010 and, you know, just like pick a time period. But you're so great. You're like, you know what? Everybody's eligible. Uh, and then that's what makes the decisions so difficult. I think when yeah, you talk about – the defensive stop, I, I think when you start with Battier and Sheldon Williams, I think those are pretty two guys, uh, two pretty good guys to to have there. Yeah, and the, the caveat that made it tough was you had to pick a different player for each. So, yep. like, you could only have J.J. Redick either hitting those two free throws or going for 30 points or making a three-pointer. Um, so, like, you couldn't have the same guy doing each, which I think made it tough because, I mean, make a three, make two free throws, That's and probably go for 30 could easily. You could understandably pick J.J. Redick for all three of those. Um, so – 
I, I think that made it even more fun as well. I did see a uh, comment or two that listed the same player two or three times, three or four times. Like, people aren't good at reading necessarily sometimes. No. Right? It's like, I don't, I don't think you understand the project that's here. So uh, getting a defensive stop, and then I want to actually save this and do this a little bit later in the week, and this will be a good reason for you to come back on the show during the summertime to have more of a discussion on this. Uh, it's hard to look past the two guys I named, Shane Battier being a three-time national defensive player of the year. Like, I can't grasp my mind around that, that three different times you were a national defensive player of the year. And then Sheldon Williams, because Mark Williams, his defensive season this year was so incredible. His block rate was so astronomically high if you look at Ken Palm and advanced stats and that sort of thing. And then you realize that he was one block shy of Sheldon Williams' third best season at Duke. In single season blocks, Sheldon Williams' first, second, and third, and then yeah. Mark Williams. Like those two guys, I don't know how you have another name outside of those two guys. Yeah, I agree. And and the, the thing that people forget, like with, with Shane Betty, three time defensive player of the year for nationally, I mean, We'll ne- we're never going to see that again. I mean, unless the college basketball yeah. landscape changes, I don't know how. It, it's That's never going to happen again. That, that's Correct. the last thing that happens. And and just to think about a guy who's that good staying for three years is crazy. To do defensive work the way he did it for that consistently for that amount of time is insane. And then to be recognized for it and the the voting committee not being like, well, we got to get to somebody else now. Right. Like those three factors are that's never going to happen again. And yeah, crazy. You're right, because in, in 2022, we certainly have every form of voter fatigue imaginable. Like, that's just not – people are going to be like, all right, we've already done him. we got to look at other people, uh, and you're just kind of compared to what you've already been. You know, it's uh, it's tough to look at that. So uh, I'm going to save the rest of these, and like I said, I'm going to find a reason to, to have you back on the program and kind of go over these. I just wanted to pick your brain and wanted to give you some love. Again, Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation Give him a follow on Twitter. Um, Buddy, it's always good to catch up with you, and and hopefully next time we chat, uh, we'll have way more answers to the upcoming basketball season than we have questions. How about that? Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. This week needs to fly by because I I can't wait any longer. (laughs) I can't keep I can't keep refreshing Twitter every five seconds when I'm trying to work. So, (laughs) (laughs) Buddy, thanks for being on the podcast. I'll talk to you again soon, okay? Sweet. Thanks, JJ. Have a good one, man. All right. That's Ryan Lohman, my buddy at the Duke Nation on Twitter, joining me on the podcast here today. Yeah, go check that out. It was back on May 10th, picking a former Blue Devil for each of those categories. I'll save mine for another podcast in the future. Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And also like this video on YouTube, share it on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page. It means the world when you take the time to do that. Thanks so much for listening. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.